0: According to the CBC, Premier Doug Ford's government has quietly revised its plan to meet Ontario's 2030 targets for cutting carbon emissions. The uh, new forecast for the province's greenhouse gas emissions were posted to a government website. And there's some significant changes from the reductions earmarked from the Made in Ontario plan for the environment in 2018. Mike Schreiner is here. He's leader of the Ontario Green Party. How closely do opposition parties follow the plans? Like how familiar are you with Doug Ford's made in Ontario plan for the environment from 2018?
1: Well, I'm pretty familiar with it. And, you know, we all should be given the fact that the auditor general completely panned it and said, um, this is a do nothing plan. It's a made to fail plan. And now the government has quietly changed the plan and some of the things they said they would accomplish they're they've dropped. And unfortunately, those are things that would actually help us reduce climate pollution while helping people save money and address some of the affordability concerns that folks have. And the fact that they did it without any announcement tells you that their so-called new plan is actually worse than the old plan that nobody said would work.
0: OK, so, Mike, walk us through some of the um, plans and, and the way things have changed uh, when it comes to dealing with the uh, cutting carbon carbon emissions in uh, Doug Ford's plan. Just walk us through that for the average person, because I know I'm going to tell you, Mike, you're leader of the Ontario Green Party. There are some people that are big Doug Ford fans that are probably rolling their eyes. So walk us through uh, what the changes are and why this is something that we should be concerned about or at least have on our radar.
1: Well, I mean, first of all, we're in a climate emergency and we're seeing escalating costs associated with the climate crisis flooding, fires, free tornado storms, and things like that. Some of the changes he made in the plan, so one, they were anticipating uh, reductions from electric vehicles. They backed off of that. Anybody who's paid 100 bucks at the pumps recently <laughs> knows that if we can make electric vehicles more affordable, just for the average folks, it can help people save thousands of dollars every year on their fuel costs and their maintenance costs and plus, we also know the economic benefits of producing more electric vehicles in Ontario in terms of job creation. The second one is around natural gas. And one of the ways we can help people save money is making their homes more energy efficient. So you you know, can save money by saving energy. But the Ford government has essentially eliminated all the programs that would help homeowners and renters be able to reduce their utility bills through energy efficiency and conservation.
0: Like what? Can you get specific on on what
1: Yeah. So, you know, there were plans in place that if, you know, you put more insulation in your house, you would get a rebate. Or if you brought in uh, Mm. a more efficient furnace that, you know, used less natural gas, you would get a rebate. You'd put in uh, better windows that, you know, had less leakage, you'd get a rebate. The Ford government has pretty much eliminated all those programs. And, you know, I know a number of homeowners that took advantage of those programs to help them reduce uh, their utility bills. And so, you know, these are programs that can help people reduce pollution while at the same time saving money.
0: Were these incentivized? Sorry, I know you're dying to tell me about the third one. But were these incentivized programs that were put forth by the former government or that Doug Ford's government brought in when they got into power?
1: So they were brought in by the previous government and Mm -hmm. the Ford government essentially eliminated them uh, right after they were elected. And then a few months later, they brought out their so-called climate plan and said that we would reduce pollution uh, through electric vehicle uptake and through a more efficient use of natural gas, which would suggest that they would have replaced the programs they canceled with something else that would help make that happen. Now they've just dropped that altogether.
0: Okay. So basically there weren't, there were incentives, but they were uh, pre-Doug Ford getting in, So it's not, these incentives weren't mentioned in the first Made in Ontario plan for the environment.
1: No, but the pollution reductions would have been associated with those kinds of programs. So you would have thought that they would have replaced them with some sort of other government program, which they never did.
0: Okay. So let's get to lucky number three.
1: So lucky number three is, probably less relevant to most folks uh, uh, compared to the first two. So they said they were going to set up a Ontario Carbon Trust Fund that would help industry uh, lower their climate pollution. Uh, And that was supposed to be the centerpiece of their plan. And quite frankly, many of us, including myself said, that would be a waste of money and wasn't gonna work anyway, because they modeled it after a program in Australia that didn't work. So, you know, the fact that they haven't gone through with that may not actually be a bad thing because I would rather spend tax dollars on programs that work than programs that don't work. But that was the third uh, key element of their plan that they've uh, now backtracked on.
0: I know that uh, we're going to hear from somebody a little bit later on in the afternoon. I believe it's on the Jeff MacArthur show. It could be on the Alan Carter radio program, but definitely this afternoon, somebody from Greenpeace is going to talk about this and the fact that what worries them about the uh, changes to the new forecast uh, that the province has put out to cut greenhouse gas emissions is that they don't mention climate change anywhere. Is that omission worrying to you?
1: Well, absolutely. I mean, to me, the way the government has rolled this out, it clearly shows they don't really care about addressing the climate crisis. And at this point in time, given the severity of the crisis and the escalating costs associated with it by you know even people like the insurance bureau of canada saying hey folks we're we're experiencing increasing costs we're going to experience more costs in the future we got to do something about this the fact that the government essentially doesn't even talk about it or doesn't even acknowledge that it's a crisis we're facing is deeply troubling and i just don't even see how they can sleep at night when, you know, or even look their kids in the eyes and say you know what you know, we don't care if we leave a livable future for you. I mean, to me, that's just unacceptable, uh, given the information we all have about the need to act on the crisis and the fact that we can do it in a way that actually benefits Ontario's economy and can help people save money.
0: I was reading here that despite the revisions, the uh, new forecast still shows Ontario achieving 30% reduction in greenhouse gas emissions from uh, 2005 uh, by uh, 2013. By 2030. So how are they going to do that? I mean, if you say there's nothing in the um, in the plan to do that, how, how can they claim that?
1: Well, you know, they claim that and they initially put out their uh, first plan in 2018, and essentially every expert, including the Auditor General, and it's not like the Auditor General is some sort of climate activist by any means, all said there was no way they were going to meet those targets. And we actually saw climate pollution uh, go up in Ontario uh, the first few years of the Ford government, not down. Now, of course, we all know that during COVID, particularly in the spring of 2020, when you know, people were basically sheltering at home, we definitely saw a reduction in climate pollution. But the bottom line is, Kelly, is that isn't how we want to reduce climate pollution, all of us being stuck in our homes and not being able to drive around because of the economic consequences. We want to address climate pollution in a way that, Makes life more affordable for people by electrifying transportation, which is far less cheaper than internal combustion engines. Making people's homes more energy efficient so they can save money by saving energy. And taking advantage of the high growth markets in the new climate economy and things like biomaterials and bioproducts, and electrified transportation, renewable energy, so we can create new career and better job opportunities for people. Let's address it in a way that actually improves people's lives.
0: You know, I'm just looking here, some of these reductions would come from one of those sources, greater renewable content in gasoline, according to uh, Ford government's documents. If that's the case, or is that not what you're talking about with biofuel? Uh,
1: no, that would actually be through ethanol. So okay. we'd be much better off, and it would be far less expensive for people if we would electrify transportation. I mean, you can fill up an electric vehicle for $5, $10 versus, you know, 100 bucks at the pumps. So making electric vehicles affordable for the average person and making transit more affordable and convenient for people would be a far better way in a, in a way that would save people money. I mean, one good thing, and just to be, you know, so I'm not completely partisan, I mean, one good thing that the government has done in conjunction yeah. with the federal government, driven primarily through federal funding, is helping uh, steel companies convert to electric furnaces which will significantly reduce the carbon emissions from steel production. That's a good thing. I totally support that. It is wholly insufficient if that's your only thing you're going to do. We need to do far more than that, but my goodness, at least we've done that.
0: Mike, whenever we bring this up, EVs, uh, you know, people always point out the fact that the infrastructure is just not there yet. You know, we've all been in a situation where people say, turn down your air conditioning if you can, because we don't want rolling brownouts in the summer. How are we going to support all the uh, EVs and electrification that, that the Green Party talks about?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So, I mean, first of all, right now, we have a lot of excess capacity in Ontario's electricity system. I mean, Uh, And so we're selling a lot of of that to the U.S. at a loss. And at times, we're actually not even fully utilizing our existing capacity. So there are times we literally shut wind turbines off because we don't need the power or we're not fully utilizing the power at places like Niagara Falls. So we have much more capacity in the system, particularly to do overnight charging, because that's when demand for electricity is lower because people are running their air conditioners and things like that. We'd be much better off selling that power to Ontarians to help them save money than selling it to the U.S. at a loss.
0: Mike, I want to thank you for your time. I always appreciate you uh, sparing some to be on the show. Oh, hey,
1: my pleasure. And uh, thanks for addressing what's a really important topic.
0: All right. Thanks so much. I appreciate your expertise. Green Party leader Mike Schreiner.